How many of you believe that it is God's will to bless and increase your life? Yeah, I got, I got three or four of you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can name it and claim it all you want to. You should be. I, I hope to be able to share with you and prove to you today that, it, and don't, don't, don't start jumping down the, the money, the money train. Woo hoo! Not necessarily talking about finances. In some cases we are, but in most cases we're not. Here's the thing. Fasting and prayer brings increase. It does. It releases, well, that might not be the right way to put it. I think it opens our hearts. It puts our mind on the things of the Lord. It helps us to focus clearer on what God wants to do in our life. It helps us to be more attentive to his word and to his voice. Anybody who's been fasting with us or maybe fasted in the past, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot or anything, whether or not you're fasting, that's between you and the Lord. But has anybody clear, clear, hearing the Lord clearer during fasting than you ever have before? Good. Praise God. That's why we're doing it. And if you're, if you're tracking along with us, wait till week two or three. I'll tell you, it begins to amplify. There's a verse in the Bible that says, my sheep know my voice. And we all know God's voice. And, and sometimes, for some of us, he's got to shout at us, doesn't he? Hey, Ron! <laughs> oh, you were talking to me, yeah. But through fasting, it's that still small voice that I learned to hear. And, and that's where the intimacy comes. That's where we draw closer to the Lord. That's where we understand the mysteries, if you will, of the gospel and, and, and the plan that God has for our life. Every time that people fasted in the Bible... It brought deliverance, it brought blessing, it brought healing, and it brought provision. How many of you believe that God is your source today? Yeah. He is. He is our source. I don't care what kind of job or, or 401k you have. God is our source. Because as we saw in 2008, many people lost their 401ks when the economy tanked. And, but God still provided. And here we are. Nine years later, still treading water, aren't we? Still walking with the Lord, still doing the things, and, and still eating all the things the Lord wants us to eat, especially when we're fasting. Look at this verse in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Now I already prayed, but let me pray one more time over the, the word of God today and over my teaching. Lord, just help me. Help me in the few short minutes that I have to share your heart and to encourage the believers today. And if there's people in this room this morning that aren't friends of God, that aren't walking with you, Lord, I pray that you would touch their heart this morning. Show them that Jesus is the only way. In your name I pray. So the word blessed is found 118 times in the Bible. The word blessed, blessed, if you will, is found 302 times in the Bible. And the word blessing is found 67 times in the Bible. It's a whole lot of blessing going on. Now the word curse is found 101 times. The word cursed is found 72 times, and the word cursing is found 12 times. But, but what I want you to understand about that, 
For every time the word curse is, there's almost two blessings for it. Amen? So twice as much in the word of God, we have blessing than we have curses. So many people in the church feel like they're walking under a curse. And I'm here to tell you, no, you're walking under a blessing if you're in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Once you came to know him, the curse was removed. That was the work of the cross. Amen? To remove the curse of sin off of your life. We're blessed by God to be a blessing. So there's three reasons I want to share with you quickly before I get into the meat of this, that that God wants to increase and bless your life. Number one is for your sake. And if you have your bulletin, it's in there. It's for your sake. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11 says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will be not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for what? For your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now, I really wanted to turn this into a tithing sermon, but the Lord said, no, no, no. But I will say this. The scripture here tells us that if we do this, it releases the hand of God to bless our lives. If we will bring our tithe to the storehouse. Now, let me be clear. The storehouse is your church where you're a member. That's the storehouse. There's biblical references to back that up. I don't want to spend a time. This isn't a tithing message. This is an increase in blessing message. But I will tell you, tithing and giving is tied to your blessing and your increase. God wants to increase your life for your sake, not for his sake. He's, he owns the, the cattle on a thousand hills and, and all the hills and all the cattle and, and, and everything else and the rivers that flow by him. He has it all. He doesn't need your resources. He has the resources, and he wants to resource you. God really does love you, and he really wants his best for you. He really does. You have to believe that. There's so many Christians living under this weight of, I don't think God loves me. I don't think God wants to bless me. You're wrong. You have the right to be wrong in that case, amen? Because God does want to bless your life. Number two, he wants to bless you for his sake. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 11, it says this, For my own sake, and in case you didn't get it the first time, he says, For my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name be profaned? And I will not give my glory to another. God is blessed, church, when we're blessed. When we're blessed, when we're walking in the blessings of God, when we're walking in the anointing of God, when we're walking in the favor of God, it blesses God. It makes him look good. I don't know about you, but I want to be a great representation of Jesus Christ. I may be the only face of Jesus that somebody sees, right? Scary. In a good way. Thank you, brother. I don't know how to take that, but thank you. My wife said, I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> that. That scripture said that he doesn't want to give his glory to another. He wants to, in other words, he wants to give his glory to you. He wants to pour his spirit out on you. He wants to provide for you and care for you. And the third thing, it's for covenant's sake. See, God made a covenant a long time ago, in Exodus chapter 32. 
verse 13, it says, let me turn this on because I'm sweating. Look, it. let me get my sweat acostal. There you go. Watch this, watch this. Watch this thing. Let's see how long this lasts. Let's not go too high, man. It's going to blow my hair around. That will not. Man, I could preach all day now. Exodus chapter 32, verse 13 says, Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. Listen, God made a covenant with his people, and God keeps his word. See, he's not a man that he should lie. So, Thousands of years ago, God made a covenant with Israel, and God keeps his promises. The Old Testament covenant and blessing, it provided for God's people, and it provided forgiveness of sins, it provided healing of disease, and it provided provision. Provision in the Old Testament was cattle. I don't know what I'm going to do with a cow. I can't even, I can't even eat it or drink it right now. It provided land, it provided wheat and barley, it provided all that they needed for them to sustain life. And that's what I'm talking about today. God wants to provide for you everything that you need. He doesn't want his children begging for bread. He doesn't, he doesn't want us out there uh, floundering around and trying to figure it all out. He says, no, I've given everything you need for, for life and livelihood. It belongs to you. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I love this text. We're going to read verses 1 through 6 and then jump down to 13. It says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, and the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Verse 13, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. God wants to bless your life. God wants to increase you. He wants to, he wants to prosper you in the things of God. He wants you to, to be a great represent, representation of his presence. I know our mind wants to drift to money. Some, in some cases, it does mean that, but not in every case. I've never been a rich man, and I don't plan to ever be a rich man. But I'll tell you where I am rich. I'm rich in the things of God. My family is blessed. My children are... I don't deserve the children I have. My mom always said, one day you're going to have kids, and they're going to be just like you. Well, guess what, mom? Nah, 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 nah. It did... <laughs> It didn't happen. And, it, and it's because, listen, it's because I'm blessed. It's because I, because I live under the blessing and not under the cursing. Amen? My kids, my kids make me to go to this morning. Dad, you got to get up to go to church. I don't want to go. That's just all. But, Dad, you have to go, but I don't want to. You're the pastor. This covenant that I just read to you was for the seed of Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 3, 
The Bible tells us that we have become the seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ. Look at it, Galatians 3.29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Listen, anybody in Christ? There's a few of you i got to work on today, but that's all right. Majority here, listen, you are heirs of the promise that I just read. You're blessed when you come in and you're blessed when you go out, amen? The fruit of your ground is blessed. Come on, somebody. Don't make me wave this thing. Is that what you gave it to me for? I thought it was for sweat brow, but I think it's more for waving, amen? This could turn into a Pentecostal service. I don't know. What you need to know today, though, is you're, you're under even a better covenant because of what Jesus Christ did. Amen? If the blood of animals could provide all that, what do you think the blood of Jesus provides for you? Eternal life. Listen, someone needs to hear this. Your birth was not a mistake. You're an on purpose. You're not an accident. So I want to talk to you about three levels of blessing, if you will. I really probably should have called this three levels of maturity, because that's really what we're talking about, maturity, growing in the Lord. Maturing in the Lord is a blessing. This is from the Old Testament. Tonight, I'm going to pick up the New Testament. So if you want to come back at 6 o'clock for Sunday Night Live, we're going to continue in this just so you know that where I'm going tonight. But the first level is the Egypt level. We all know about the time of Egypt. This is the covenant relationship that God had with, with his people when they were in Egypt. And I've yet, I've yet to find a verse it, that says that the Israelites were wanting out of Israel. I, I can't find one that says they were trying to get out. All I can find is they were trying to go back once they got out. You know, that kind of shows me how we were when we came to Christ, amen? Many of us, listen, you weren't looking for religion. Religion found you. You, you weren't looking for it. No one comes to the Lord unless he draws them, amen? But the Egypt level, it, it reminds me of who we are when we come to Christ. Many of us, we come in, and, and we're not sure what it's all about, and, and, and most of us, sometimes we just want to go back. I've seen some of us do that. We keep going back, and not to gross anybody out, but we're fasting, so we could talk like this. It, the Bible says it's like eating your own vomit. So the people of Egypt, they had a slave mentality. And many of us came to the Lord with that type of mentality. The, the land of Egypt, this is a, the bullet there, is the land of, of, of not enough. Listen, when we first come to the Lord, we don't have enough. We're, we're just getting by. We're, we're just trying to figure this thing out. I don't know about you, but I made a lot of mistakes early on. I still make a few. But I made a, a whole lot in the beginning, Amen. Bump my head on the same wall. Guess what? That wall's still just as hard as it was the last time I bumped my head on it. <laughs> I had to figure that out quick. In Egypt, they were slaves to sin. They, they were slaves to addiction. They were slaves to immorality. Thank God, though, even though they were in Egypt, they had a covenant relationship with the Lord. Listen, we have a covenant relationship with the Lord. God never gives up on us, and he never lets us go. The second level is the wilderness level. So they left Egypt, right, and they went into the wilderness. We know the story, hopefully. If not, read your Bible. It's there, I promise, all over the place. There came a time when God delivered them into the wilderness where they had 
just enough. They had just enough. They couldn't store up food, you remember? They, they had to get up every day and they had to pray for their daily bread. I think I read that somewhere. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, yeah, that's there, that's there, I'm pretty sure. God put them in a place where they had to, they had to tr- learn to trust him every single day. And that's how it is with our walk, right? We come in, we got the slave mentality, I'm still all bound up, I still want to use, I still want to get high, I still want to chase women, I still want to do dumb. Then I start growing, I start maturing in the things of the Lord, amen. I saw a few hands go up there, praise the Lord. <laughs> this side of the room needs prayer, everybody just raise your hands and reach over this way, no, I'm kidding. I love you guys, man. You guys are incredibly awesome. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> Just enough. And then God takes us from that place of the slave mentality to a servant mentality. To where now we're getting by, we're learning the things of the Lord, and, and life doesn't seem so hard. I started, things started coming back together. You know, for me, it was, I had to get a driver's license again, because I lost that for, for some weird reason, I don't know. <laughs> had to get off parole, I don't know why that was there either. There, there, just, there was just some things that, that had to come about in my life early on, and, and I was living, and I was so thankful for having just enough. I was, I was so thankful for just having enough to get by every day. I was so thankful that I, that I wasn't a slave to my sin anymore. I was so thankful that I was wandering. Don't get me wrong. I was wandering. I don't know what to do. Where do I go? How do I do this thing? Thank God that God sent some, some Christians around me, people who cared about me, friends. That's why we go to church, right? So we can sharpen each other's iron. And, and, I, and I sharpened iron with people like Dean Barry and, and Grant Smith and some other friends that, that were around that time. And we hung in there, man. We stuck it out, man. And, and, and we had just enough. The children of Israel, they, they, they had just enough. They couldn't store up their food, otherwise worms got into it. Amen? God was teaching them to trust him. Trust me for your daily needs. And so many Christians today, they don't trust God enough for their day. They want to see it in the future. What are you going to do tomorrow, God? Well, God says, what about today? I can't even guarantee you tomorrow. Amen? If the Lord can't promise you tomorrow, I sure can't give you nothing. They came from the land of bondage and slavery and not enough to the land of wilderness where they had just enough. So he was moving them from a slave mentality to a servant, or we could even say a son mentality, if you will. While they were in the wilderness, they sacrificed animals as Moses commanded them. They were entering into a blood covenant relationship with God that says, I will serve you with the rest of my life. See, when God paints you with his blood, when he forgives you of your sin, the expectation is that you'll live for him, that you'll give him your life, and that you'll serve him, and he will provide for you. When you walk with God, family, he takes you from level to level. He doesn't leave you where you're at. He gets us into the place where we have to learn to trust and depend on him. It's where we find out that God honors faithfulness. That's the place where we find out. Anybody learn that yet, that God honors faithfulness? Some of you are still trying to learn that lesson. That's okay. Many of us were there. So God moved them from slave to servant. The last, the last level is the promised land. 
I wanted to say promised level because everything else was a level, but that didn't make sense. The promised land. He moved them from, Ilder- from Egypt to the wilderness. I put those two words together, wilderness. <laughs> I do that a lot. To the prom- from, from not enough to just enough to more than enough. To more than enough. See, the promised land has everything that you need. The Bible tells me that we'll never want again. If you're going to the more than enough level, you have to go from a slave mentality to a servant mentality to, I just called it a soldier mentality. Why? Listen, because when you get into the promised land, there's still fights to be fought. Children of Israel inherited the land and and went in, but there were a lot of battles still to be fought. Anybody experiencing that in their walk? It's normal. It's normal. Why am I going through this, Pastor Ron? It's normal. Read the Bible. They all did it. You're not exempt. It rains on the just and the unjust. I know. Darn you, Pastor Ron. Why'd you tell me that? It's normal. God said, he said, go take the land. He didn't say, I'll give it. He did say, I'm giving you the land. But then when they were there, he said, go take it. If I have to take something, it's because somebody don't want to give it to me. Right? I'm not taking something from you if you're giving something. That's why we don't call it taking offering anymore. It's receiving offering because hopefully you're wanting to give. If I was taking offering, I'd come by and I'd pickpocket you. Or some of you that I could pick up, just turn you upside down and shake you like this. <laughs> Whatever comes out belongs to the church, right? <laughs> Am I right? Listen, it's time to move from slave to soldier. It's time to move into the next level. It's time to begin to fight for the promises that God has given you. It's time to begin to fight for your family's family. It's time to begin to fight for your children. Time to begin to fight for your right to party. Sorry. I had you. I had to. You know me. You know me. Open door. Somebody open that door. I walked right through it. It's time to grow up and realize that we need to put on the whole armor of God. It's time to learn that we need to fast and pray and war. You were created for more than slavery. You were created for more than just getting by. You were created for, for joy and abundance and anointing. You were, you were created for overflowing. Listen, every promise in the word of God, every promise that God has given you, it's worth fighting for. They're good enough to fight for. There's a big difference between slave and a soldier. There's a big difference between servant and a soldier. Hey, I love servants. We're all called to serve. Jesus said, you better serve. We'll talk about that tonight. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve, so you do the same thing. But there's also warfare going on. It's more than just getting by. It's about learning about your authority and taking and retaking the land and the promises that were given to you. So many people in the church, even in this this room right here, because I know you. I know many of you, you're waiting for the promise. And, and here's what I will say to you today, and I, and I feel this, you want to call it whatever you want, I feel it, utterance. 
Take it. Take it. Take it. Move into it. If you're waiting for something to line up, stop waiting. Move into it. If you're waiting for, for, the, for the education, stop waiting. Move into it. If you're waiting for the right amount of money, stop waiting. Move into it. Come on, somebody. Shout it out. It's all right. Luke chapter 6, 38. Great old Pentecostal ver- uh, verse. You know it. Given, it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Listen, when you understand this principle, you begin to understand a soldier's mentality to get things done. We have to get it done. It's up to us. See, God commissioned us to do the work. It's time to get busy doing it. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you wage the good war. Man, I'll tell you what, if God has given you a promise, you need to fight for it. You need to roll up your sleeves and fight for it. We need to become militant in our prayers. We need to become militant in our praise. And we need to wage war. The enemy is not playing around. Why are we? This ain't no game to him. That's what fasting is all about. It's waging war. Listen, whether you know it or not, if you're participating in this fast, and maybe I should have told you beforehand, but I'm glad I didn't, you've entered into spiritual warfare. You have moved into the devil's territory. Let me tell you something. The devil knows who you are now because all of a sudden you're not fighting fair. All of a sudden you're using the weapons of your warfare. You're going against him with the things that God told us. Through fasting and through prayer, these things come out. When you pray and fast, it's when we moved into his territory. Matthew chapter 17, verses 19 through 21. When the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there. And it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not come out by what? Prayer and fasting. If you have the NIV, it doesn't even say that there. That's why I don't use the NIV when I preach. I read the NIV. Don't get me wrong. I like some of the translations, but they like to remove fasting out of the book. But fasting is too important to remove. You can't remove it from your disciplines, and you can't remove it from the book. Amen? Every sacrifice you've made, every time you've turned off the TV, every time you've turned off social media, every time you've gotten up early to read your word, every time you've, 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 you've left the dinner table this week to go in and pray and seek God's face, you have been doing good. You have been working. You are becoming a soldier of Jesus Christ. It's rising above a slave mentality. It's rising above a servant mentality that's just getting by. Is anybody tired of just getting by? Just squeaking by. Woo, I barely made that one. Woo, thrill-seeking. Amen. It's becoming a warrior who rightfully is going after what they deserve. It's becoming a soldier who's willing to invade invade the gates of hell. 
I'm looking for kids. I don't like saying that word in front of kids. <laughs> and taking back what the enemy has stolen. It's the soldier who's taking back. Anybody been ripped off by the enemy? Doesn't belong to him. Take him, take, go in there and turn him upside down and shake him out, man. <laughs> or just put him under your foot where the Bible says you can put him. So it's militant prayer, it's militant fasting, and it's militant praise. Listen, praise isn't just what we do on stage, it's not just a bunch of entertainment, it's a lifestyle. And when you realize that, and when you're a soldier, you realize that your prayer is binding the enemy and it's releasing the presence of God in your life. That's what you're doing by fasting. You're releasing the presence of God in your life. You're, you're moving yourself out of the pleasures of the world into the things of God. I had the best prayer time I had in a long time last night. I did. It's been, it's been a while since, since I've been in the, in the presence of the Lord like I was last night. I went in for an hour and couldn't come out, man. It was incredible. I love that. I started texting people just encouragement, and one of them's all, you okay, Pastor? It's like, you made me feel bad, Brad, because it's like I should do that more often, right? If it's, so, if it's such an anomaly that he had to ask me if I'm okay, I'm like, oh, my gosh, why don't I do that more often, right? I'm not the Facebook junkie like my, all you guys, you know. It was a good time in the presence of the Lord. When you're a soldier, you realize that your prayer is binding the enemy and it's releasing the presence of God. It's what Jehoshaphat did. Take time later. Read Second Chronicles chapter 20. Write this on your notes. I didn't put it there for you. I'm not going to read from it. But, but read the whole chapter because it's incredible. Jehoshaphat called a corporate fast for three days. And then he sent the worship team out in front lines. And the enemy turned their enemies, or the enemy was turned on itself. And they slaughtered each other. See, listen, I think we work too hard. Mike, are you going to join me to close this out? I should have talked to you beforehand. See, I didn't send that text. Would you join me after? I think we work too hard at defeating the enemy. I think he's already defeated. Matter of fact, that's what my Bible says. You know why I love worship so much? Really, I don't know why I wasn't a worship leader, because I love worship more than I love preaching. I really do. I do, and I, and I love preaching. I love worship so much because it ticks the enemy off. And I love ticking him off. I, I, I do. He already hates me, so why not make him mad? It's not going to make a difference. He hates me just as much as he does when I'm not ticking him off, so I might as well tick him off. The battle belongs to the Lord. We're called to engage in the warfare. The battle belongs to the Lord, but we're called to engage in the warfare. I pray that this church is filled with people who are so excited about God and who are radical about their praise to Him. My desire for this church, probably my number one desire, because I love outreach. You know me. I love, I love ministering to the community. That, that's me. I'm an evangelist if I'm, if I'm anything. But I know this, I know that when this church worships, when this church reaches its full potential, there ain't going to be no stopping our outreach. I know that that's what's going to release the power of God. 
That's why we focus so much on our worship here. That's why we focus so much. That's why we spend most churches you go to, you get three songs, okay? Here you're going to get five more if we can fit it in there. We're always trying to figure out where can we fit in more worship. Let's praise the Lord together. Can we praise the Lord together? Let's just, just give him a shout. Just, just begin to clap your hands. Begin to clap your hands for the Lord. Thank him. You know what? We need to begin to thank him. Thank him and praise him for what we're fasting for this season. Thank him ahead of the accomplishment. Thank him ahead of the blessing. Thank him ahead of the, the miracle. Come on. Are you believing God for something? Thank him for it. Thank him for the end result. Oh, Lord, we thank you, God. We know, we know, God, that when we seek your face and we pray and we humble ourselves and we turn from our wicked ways, that you will heal our land, oh, Father. We thank you, God, that you are more than able, that we would be a church that worships you in spirit and in truth, God, that we would put aside all of our our stuff, that we would leave our baggage at the door when we enter the house of God and leave it when we leave. Leave it at your feet. We need to praise him because the answer's on the way. Your blessing is on the way. Victory is yours, church. Victory is yours. Are there any soldiers here today? Well, let me tell you something, soldier. Put on the full armor of God. If you're fasting, you're in the enemy's camp right now. And it's a good place to be if you want to get your stuff back. Because the enemy ain't going to just hand it back to you. You have to go in and take it back. You have to. So while you're in the enemy's camp this season, take back everything. Take back your loved one. Take back your family. Take back your children. Take back your business. Come on, somebody. Take back your ministry. Take back your anointing. Come on. Take back your joy. Take back your peace. Take back your healing. Take back your hope. Come on. Take it back. You guys are fired up. And I got to let you go home now. That's a good time to let them go home, though, I've learned. When they're fired up. Don't preach so long they wear them out. Preach so long that they get fired up and then send them home to take it out on everybody else. Amen. All right, here we are. Three levels of blessing. From Egypt, the slave mentality, to the wilderness, the servant mentality, to the promised land, the soldier mentality. From not enough, to just enough, to more than enough. In your bulletins today, I did this myself. That's a mustard seed on the back of your bulletin. I don't know how many bulletins we made, 125. I taped every one of those on there. It's to encourage you. It's to encourage you that, hey, everybody has a size, a a measure of faith, amen? And all you need to move a mountain in in your life is a mustard seed size. So if you didn't have one already, I just gave you one, amen? Take that seed and you just use it as affirmation. And when you pray today and you seek the Lord and you're in the enemy's camp and you're ready to take back whatever it is he stole from you, you just lay that mustard seed out before him and tell him, i got enough faith to move you from here to there. One thing I did notice about this in closing, every one of those I, I taped on there were different. They were all different sizes. I thought mustard seeds were all the same size because that's kind of how I read it in the Bible. I just expected one thing. Some are bigger, some are smaller. We're all at different levels in our walk, but you all have a measure of faith, every one of you who know Jesus. With every head bowed in this place and every person praying, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, 
If you're not walking with him, if he's not your Lord and Savior, if you've never given your life to him, today is the day. Today is the day for you to get a mustard-sized seed of faith. And you'd say, Pastor, I want to pray. I want Jesus in my life. Slip up your hand. Let me see it, wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So glad you're here. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. I see it back there in the back. So here's how we're going to finish this. We're going to pray together as a family, and we're going to welcome those who are praying this prayer for the first time to the family of God. Say, Dear Jesus, I need you. I need your faith, and I need your love. I know you died for me. Forgive me of my sin. Let me live for you today and for the rest of my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! Hallelujah. Going to take back what the devil stole. Okay, bye.